right before I took that cam out, I remember saying to myself, I shouldn't have done that. I fell twice the rope length and hit the big cliff of El Capitan. And then at some point I came to consciousness and I said, I can't feel my legs. From Outside Magazine, this is The Daily Rally. Short stories of resilience in the face of big challenges and unexpected adventures. Today, a rock climber's journey following a life-changing fall. After this. My name is Quinn Brett. I work for the National Park Service and I am an athlete. I was a professional rock climber and now I am a disabled athlete, primarily hand cycling, water sports, and the worm. I'm still really good at the worm. I spend my time trying to be outside as much as possible. I can move all day, every day, pretty excessively, maybe annoyingly so. You spend time outside and then you earn the ice cream or the IPA. In high school, I discovered rock climbing and I wanted to learn more about it and really dove into it. And so after college, I moved here to Estes Park, Colorado and met an amazing amount of people who were into rock climbing and they kind of mentored me upwards into the sport. The mental aspect is huge. How to overcome fears. How do we stay calm? Al Capitan is one of the quintessential iconic features of Yosemite National Park and it is a 3,000 foot tall cliff. And the nose is a rock climb in the center. It's like a little prow feature. October 2017, my girlfriend Josie and Libby and I climbed a route on El Capitan in a day, setting a speed record for females. My headspace was a little off in that my personal romantic relationship wasn't doing so hot. And we got news of a good friend, Hayden Kennedy. He and his partner had died in an avalanche. And so it kind of struck all of our hearts. And, you know, climbing is something that we also fall back on and perhaps distract ourselves from hardship. And so we decided we would still go climbing. I am leading with placing gear to a feature called the boot flake. That's about 1,500 feet up. But maybe 100 feet below the boot flake is another feature called the Texas flake, big piece of rock that sticks out separately away from the main cliff of El Capitan. So I was on top of Texas flake and set sail on granite slab with some bolts and clipped all of these bolts. And the space between my gear was getting further and further apart. So I was maybe 20 or 30 or 40 feet up from that last bolt, and I had a cam in the crack, but I took the cam out for some reason, which is kind of unusual for my protocol that I usually have two cams in, and I, in my rushedness or distracted brain, I took the cam out. I reached across to my right hip to grab another piece of gear, and at that exact time, my foot or my hands or both of them slipped out of the rock. And I just remember granite whooshing before my eyes as I fell. So I'd hit that Texas flake with my back and my shoulder. I was just laying in the rubble and my 
Climbing partner Josie immediately initiated a rescue. My T12 vertebrae shattered outwardly and inwardly into my spinal cord. I had, I think, four or five broken ribs. I had some internal bleeding, a punctured lung. Um, my right scapula looks like a sledgehammer hit it. 14 staples in the back of my head. I had a pretty big swelling on the front of my head, like a hematoma there, and paralysis because of the shattered bone pieces into my spinal cord. And I vaguely remember people coming in and out of my ICU room. I was in the ICU for five days before my surgery, and I did hear them say I was paralyzed. I remember laying in my bed and pointing at my toes and trying to wiggle them with obviously nothing responding. It's just fuckery. Like, you're, you have hope, and you're sad, and you don't get it, and you're on drugs, and you're overwhelmed, and you're in pain. Of course I was in denial, and of course I was mad and sad, and I still have a lot of blame for myself, and disappointment and frustration. Where is that time travel machine? If I could only go back for that one second, like, what the fuck was I doing? So I would rotate through friends because the bandwidth for friendships and the amount of listening that I needed, it needed to be rotated and spread across different friends because it felt like it was too much. If I were to go to one or three of them, I needed 10 of them to listen and console and be there. Use your community. You're not alone as much as we feel like we are at times because we are in our heads and we feel like nobody's experienced this trauma or this grief. We're not. Somebody out there has and talk to them. There's somebody out there who maybe hasn't experienced the exact same thing, but can share and corroborate on what you're feeling. And I still struggle with it. I have a lot of shame still in being in public in my wheelchair. I get embarrassed, like the amount of eyeballs when I get in my hand cycle and leave and go around like Estes or like, People being like, you go, girl. Like, you don't even know, like, the shit that I was doing before. I'm like, my heart rate's, like, not even 100 right now. But, like, that internal dialogue, clearly I still have it. And I talk myself every day on the hand cycle, and I talk like that. I'm like, what good does this do? And is it going to keep me inside? No. Like, get over yourself. Get outside. Like, what is more important? Being sulking inside and sitting on the couch and eating that ice cream? Or go fucking earn the ice cream, man? Like, why not try? I don't know, that's the human I've always been. After I was injured in 2017, I returned to the National Park Service in a unique role. I've been educating on the type of mobility devices out there, opening doors for us to explore and be recreationally more adaptive on our trails in national parks, and then trying to measure our national park trails so we have more specific information so the user can decide which trail works better for them rather than just being funneled to like the one labeled accessible trail in our parks. I'm going to be an advocate louder than I can be for people with disabilities recreating in our national parks and in our public lands and spinal cord research. Let's amp it up, man. We got places to go, things to do. Quinn Brett is an athlete, writer, public speaker, advocate, and National Park Service employee. 
her journey is documented in the film, An Accidental Life. You can follow her adventures at quinbrett.com and on Instagram at quindalina. That's Q-U-I-N-N-D-A-L-I-N-A. This episode was produced by Patty O'Connell. We want to hear your stories. Please nominate the people in your life who found a way to rally. Go to outsideonline.com slash daily rally, where you can also see photos of many of our guests. The Daily Rally was created for Outside by me, Kat Jaffe, and House of Pod. The executive producer for Outside is Michael Roberts. Additional production and script editing by Marin Larson. Our audio editors are Kevin Seaman and Benny Beausoleil. And our music is composed by Louis Weeks. We appreciate our Outside Plus members who make this show possible. If you're not already a member, you can join us at outsideonline.com slash pod plus. Thank you for listening.